Okay, we're going to be teaching a sikha tonight. This is from uh, book 30, uh, 19, volume 19 of the Kutus Sikhas. It's a sikha nigeras atshuva, the book of teshuva, letter of teshuva, the fourth pedic. So I should say on the outset that this is this is a little bit of a um, complex uh, uh, in terms of the details <clears throat> that are discussed. It gets a little complex, but the general uh, um, concept that's being taught is very broad and will give us the mechanism of how Teshuva works. What, what, in, in what way does it operate? Um I'm debating whether to get too immersed in the language here in the first two paragraphs, but we'll I'll try and simplify it. So paragraph one. In the fourth chapter of the letter of Chuba, Altareb explains how all the ten sephiris are really incorporated and are alluded to in the name of Hashem. So the name of Hashem, we just came from Yom Kippur. We said the Kohen Gadol would utter the name of Hashem and everybody would bow, and we promptly bowed. The name of Hashem, generally, when we speak to the ineffable name of Hashem, generally we assume it to be the four-letter name, four-letter name being Yud, K Vav, K, the name that we don't say. Um, there is a group that call themselves witnesses. We can't say that word of what they call themselves witnesses because that would be saying out the name of Hashem. It's just they do a J instead of a Y. But that's the same. That's the spelling of the way that the four-letter name of Hashem Yud K Vav K. No, they're not Jews. They're they're a, a division of Christianity, but they use that that spelling J. But really, it's Y E. If you wanted to, if you wanted to pronounce the name of Hashem, it would be Y E H O V A. That's Y E H O V A. If you can imagine that, we can't say it. We we substitute instead by saying the word Adonai, which 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 is our Master, our Lord. And this way, we don't say out the full letter, what we call ineffable name, the name that we're not allowed to say of Hashem. But that full letter, Yud K, Vav K, contains within it the entire gamut of the ten Sephirot. Hashem operates in his in his world through the moment that we talk about creation. There is immediately a concept of ten spheres, Sephirot, ten shinings, rays, in a, which work in a hierarchical order, starting from Chachma, Bina, Das. And going down all the way to Malchus, those ten are condensed and really incorporated in the name of Yud K Vav K. Now, every neshama, every Jewish soul, really, we say is Kichelek Havaya Amo. Hashem's people is really like His name, Yud K Vav K, and that incorporates within it the ten Sefirot. So, really, what we're going to discuss is when somebody violates a mitzvah, violates a sin, his violating part of his soul. In other words, he's tampering with and 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 causing damage to Hashem's ten spherot, to the ray of Hashem, the way it comes down into the world through this particular Jew, because he's engaged in something improper. So when we go, when the Rebbe says the details, he says that this four letters, Yud Ke Vav Ke, so the Yud is a point. Remember we said that the Yud is, um, if you just were to put a, a pen to paper and make a dot, the only letter it could be identified is is a yud. Yud really is just a dot. That refers to chachma. Chachma is the first space where we have some kind of a, an idea, a spark of an idea in our mind. is called a spark of chachma. Unlike the development of an idea, which is already called bina. So the spark is like a yud. A hay has flesh, is fleshed out. Has a, a top, a side, a little thing at the bottom. That represents the fleshed out concept, not just the idea spark, but already when that idea starts to gain body. The Yud, when you write a Yud properly, like in a Sefer Torah, you have, you, it has a top tip and it has a bottom tip, and then it has the actual body. The top tip is on the upper left side, the bottom tip is on the lower right side, and in the middle there's a glob of ink, which is the, the, the body of the Yud. That upper tip, says the Altarebbe, is really... <clears throat> referring to Hashem's will. 
Is there something higher than the first idea we have? Something deeper in our own persona than the beginning of a concept of our thinking about a concept? There is. We have inner desires, which are subconscious in a way. But that would be represented by this tip of the Yud. If the Yud is the first conscious thought, the, the, the tip of the Yud is the subconscious desires that we have. Representing in Hashem's world, corresponding to Hashem, would be a level that's called higher than Chachma. That would be called Keter, the, the crown on top of the person. Okay, so the Altarebbe tells us that. And he says, um, after that dot, which is the Chachma, which is the Yud, then it comes down into an extrapolated, into a, into a fleshed out, into a broadened um, expression. That's the hay. That's like the idea becoming developed. That's incorporated in and hinted at in the hay, which is a fleshed out letter. It's not just a dot. It's a broad letter. And when it comes further down, that's already going to be included and hidden and alluded to in the letters vav and hay. The vav is a, is a downward dash. It shows the ideas being brought down into a more concrete way. And then there's another hay, which is a hay is kind of like setting up tent again. And that's where it fleshes out, where it's broadened in order to be received by the recipient at the next, at the level of outside of me, how I present it to those outside of me. So later, Dr. Rebbe said that. And then he says that um, the, so that's the sixth Sephirot and then the Malchus is the hey. So the, my, the, the Rebbe's father, the Rebbe quoting his father says, picks up on three language issues, nuances in language that his his great-great-grandfather, the Alter Rebbe, Rabbi Rebbe's last name was Schneerson. His father was Rabbi Levi Yitzchak Schneerson. He was a great-great-great-grandchild of the Rabbi Schneer Zalman, the founder of the Schneerson family. The reason they're called Schneerson is because Rabbi Schneer Zalman's son was originally called Schneeuri. His last name was based on his father's name. And then the next generation down, his grandson, was Schneer Zun, the son of Schneer. That's where Schneer comes from, Schneer Zun. So, Lubavitch, the first Schneer was Rabbi Schneer Zalman, the founder of Chabad. So the Schneer dynasty went in, in many different directions. The Rebbe was of the, uh, was from one part of the dynasty. So his father, in other words, was a great-great-grandson of the one who wrote the Tanya. And he's commenting on his great-great-great whatever grandfather's work, but he's picking up on the nuances and he didn't write what it means. He just picked up on the nuances. One of them is, and they're very subtle things here. I'll try and point it out. In talking about the tip of the Yud, the upper tip of the Yud, so he says that the, the Tanya writes the word, Reimez, it hints at Hashem's supernal will. It doesn't use a more definitive or, or a stronger language, Meramez. Reimez is, it subtly hints, Meramez would be, it it hints in a stronger language. When he speaks about the Yud, he uses the stronger language, he says, Meramezes, it actively hints, the Yud actively hints on Chochmah. So there's an extra subtlety when talking about the tip of the Yud. The second thing that the Rebbe's father points out is that uh, he says that the tip of the Yud and the Yud itself represent Keser, represent Chochmah and Keser, Keser's will, Rotsen. And he doesn't say that Chochmah and Keser are hinted at in the Yud and the tip. He seems to say the reverse. He seems to say that the Yud and the tip are allegories for Chachma and Keser. Whereas he, when he talks about the next level down, the Bav and the A, he says that the six Sfirot and Malchut are hinted at in the letters Vav and Hey. Rather than saying that the letters hint at those levels, he's saying that those levels are included in the Vav and Hey. It's... it's um, it tells us that there's somehow the Chachma, the Yud, and the tip of the Yud are somehow less um, less possessive of the ten Sefirot than the lower levels that are more possessive of the Sefirot that they represent. Another difference is that the uh, difference between Chachma and Keser and Bina and Zohar Malchus, um, by the lower levels the six Sfirot Amachos, he says that they are incorporated within the Vav and Hay. When he's talking about the two higher levels of Chachma and Keter, he doesn't say that at all. He just says they they are allegories for, not that they're included in.
the Rebbe says, my father didn't explain what's the difference about these things. He pointed out these subtleties, but what's the difference? I'm going to point out the difference as the Rebbe because my father relied on the fact that those that are learning are going to have the depth to be able to understand what he's, what's the point he's making, why it changes the whole story of, of this discussion in the Tanya. So, paragraph two, if you didn't get it, by the time we, we, we understand the explanation, I think we'll get it. The answer will give more meaning to the question, if you, if you understand what I'm saying. Paragraph two. From these subtleties and nuances in the language, what comes out is that there's three ways, there's, there's, there's three ways we can look at it. There's the tip of the Yud, which only hints to the supernal will, what's higher than the first flash of idea. Then we have the, the body of the of the Yud, and that hints at Hashem's Chochmah. And then we have the le- lower letters, the hey and the Vav and the hey, which include and within which are hinted the other spheres. However, this seems to be in contrast with what the Alter Rebbe says as an introduction to this. He says that all the ten spheres are included, incorporated, and hinted at in the name of Yudke Vavke, the name of Hashem. So it seems to be that even Chachma, the actual Yud, is also included in the Yud. Not just that the Yud alludes to it, but it seems to be that the Yud is more possessive of the Chachma. When it comes to Hashem's holy will, which is higher than the actual Yud Sviris, we can't really say that it's possessed, that it's that it's grabbed at, that it's held by the by the uh, by the by the tip of the yud, because it's in essence, Ratzin, will, is higher than the ten faculties that start with intellect. In other words, what comes out is that when we talk about Chachma, when we talk about the, the faculty of Chachma, of understanding, of the first flash of understanding, of idea, there's two concepts. There's the way it is, one of the ten spheres. In, the, in this way, it's just equivalent to all the other ten sefirot. It's one of the ten. And then there's another way we can look at it, that it's higher and separate in a way than the other ten spheres. And in a way, it's somewhat more connected and reminiscent of, of Hashem's supernal will, which is why he uses different language than he uses for the other spheres. Paragraph three. So the explanation in all this that we're saying is going to be by trying to understand in general what Dal Rebbe wants to explain to us here about the dynamics of Chuma. So let's first understand. The Alter Rebbe wants to explain um, how all the ten spheres are incorporated in the name of Yudke Vavke. So why does he have to say that there is a concept called the tip of the Yud? In other words, the ten spheres start from the from the Chochmah. Yud we say the dot of the Yud is like the inspiration of idea, the first uh, first concept of idea. That's that's a dot, that's Yud. Why bring in something that seems to be irrelevant, which is that there's a tip to the Yud, which is Hashem's supernal will. The question becomes greater because um, we're trying this whole introduction about the correlation between the ten spheres and the name of Hashem is to explain that the soul of man is a piece of Hashem and therefore if we are the four letters of Hashem we incorporate within us the ten spheres but you know what he didn't explain he didn't explain where in the sphere of man he explained where the, where the four letters of the name of Hashem express himself in man we're not going to go into where and how exactly, but they start with chachma, with the, the new idea, the flash of idea. Thank you. But it doesn't. He doesn't explain the tip of the yud, the supernal will, in the experience of man. So, what's going on here? So the explanation is as follows. Altareb wants to explain. Why does he explain this whole lengthy thing? Well, Altareb is trying to give us a practical journey to come back to Hashem. How do you come back to Hashem? Why does he have to give us this kabbalah? Tell us that we are like the name of Hashem, right? And you know what's um, what's he what's he achieving by explaining this to us? So he wants us to understand the mechanics behind teshuva. He wants to explain that through sin, well, who cares if we sin? I mean, is it arbitrary? You know, I told you to clean your toys and you didn't. Does anybody really care? Did I did I did I create? Did I create anything bad? So he wants to explain that 
um, if you violated Hashem's instruction, what you've done is you violated, so to speak, Hashem instructed you. You're a part of Hashem. You are like the name of Hashem. And now you didn't fulfill or you violated what Hashem told you not to walk into this room. And you walked into the room, you've now created a blemish in your apparatus. You had a working, you had a working system, so to speak, a working spiritual system that's like Yudke Vavke, you're the name of Hashem. You just went and you blew it. You you Hashem said, Don't walk into that room. You walked into the room, you kind of smashed the 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 uh imagine taking a, a a cell phone and smashing or a computer and smashing the motherboard. The circuits aren't there anymore. You 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 really created a real damage. It's not just oh, okay, who cares? Like, no, you created a damage. Now something is amiss, something's not working right. Those those interaction between the four letters of Hashem are problematic now. How are we gonna fix it? So you know how you're gonna fix it. You're gonna to have to go back to the manufacturer and get him to create to join those circuits again. Well, how do you do that? So he says you have to go back. Teshuvah has the power to go back and arouse the 13 attributes of mercy which come from Hashem's supernal will, which are higher than the energy flow that goes into the four letters of Hashem's name. And that's able to replenish and fix the damage done. It's almost like you called in the repairman and he goes and reestablishes the connections. But you need to be the repairman, you need to be higher you need to be able to replenish, to bring you wires. You need to go to something higher than the actual motherboard, if you wish. If you're in the muck, you can't clean yourself up. You need to, to replenish, to reestablish, to rejuvenate this connection by something that's able to rejuvenate. So where do we go to? We go to the source. Where's the source of Hashem telling us, do this and don't do that? It's in His supernal will. The instruction is already a result of His will. We didn't fulfill the instruction and we created a blemish. Let's go back now to the instructor. And he'll say, okay, let me re-instruct, so to speak. Let me, let me reset the system. And I will start from you. But you got to go to something higher than the system. And that's the tip of the yud. Okay? We're making some... Uh, some uh... So the question is, if, if the Jews are part of the name of Hashem, how can they reach higher than that? In other words... Tell you, tell them to go to the manufacturer. But they're just a regular client. They, they're, they're, re they're retail guys. They don't have access. If they're part of the regular market, how do they, so to speak, get to the to the manufacturer? If they're part of the Shem Hashem, Yudke Vavke, how do they reach the source of, of Yudke Vavke? How can they make that leap to touch and bring down, re rejuvenate, reestablish their connection? Ah, so the Al-Tarebbe says, one second, the Jews are the name of Hashem but they have this connection to the tip of the Yud. The tip of the Yud is their implicit connection to Hashem's will. Remember, the tip represents higher than the first idea, represents the subconscious, this will. In Hashem, that will is the, is, so to speak, is the source of from where the actual instruction comes from in a, in, a, in, a, in a revealed way. And a Jew has access to that within himself as well. So he messed up the revealed levels in his four letters of name Hashem, and he, he, he didn't listen to Hashem, he did the wrong thing, so he created damage there, but he has access also, so to speak, to the, I'll call it the manufacturer, or the source, or the Hashem's supernal will, from where there can be a rejuvenation and a replenishment. That access, if he digs into it, draws down the Hashem, Hashem, Kel, Rachum, Vechanon, the 13 attributes, and allows for things to be re, uh, re um, rejuvenated. Refurbished. Paragraph 4. This concept that Hashem's supernal will, which cleans, cleanses all the um, all the blemishes, is connected with the tip of the Yud, also will get will allow us to understand how, how is it that Hashem's will that's so much higher than his expressed, revealed intention. The expressed revealed intention in the instruction is part of the, uh, is like a manifestation of the Yud K Vav K. We're trying to reach Hashem's source, the source for that will. But how, um, how are we drawing down this kind of nuclear and unlimited energy 
into into in, into the person's apparatus. In other words, um, when we talk about Hashem's will, the source, the source of the will, that's so undefined and so removed from the let, let's let's explain it in sphere so it will be easier to understand. The first place of definition of spherot. The first sphere, the first sphere is called Chochmah. That's the first place of definition. Higher than that is called Keter, will, and Keter, crown. The level of crown is considered to be undefined. If it's undefined and unfettered, and un, it's it's almost like trying to plug in. How am I going to, can you plug in your cell phone to a nuclear energy plant? It's too big. It's going to blow it. It's not, you, you need a, you need to plug in your phone to, a dumbed down, or 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 a, a, you know, a a a, a transformer. Something is going to bring it to a level that the phone can absorb that kind of energy. We're saying here we're reaching for Hashem's, so to speak, undefined, unfettered energy. Nuclear. Nuclear. So that's good for rejuvenating. But how is it going to actually rejuvenate us? Is it isn't it going to blast us? So how can we connect it to the to the to the to the to the actual um, limited expression of godliness that we contain within ourselves what's gonna isn't it totally unhinged and unconnected so says the Rebbe went by the Alter Rebbe telling us that the Yud is connected to the to the tip of the Yud is telling us that this unfettered energy is Hashem's supernal will is not totally negated from the actual process of the four letters of Hashem on the contrary it does in some way constitute the beginning of that next level the tip of the yud is an introduction to the actual yud. Ah, so this gives us a very special look at 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 the dynamics of tshuva. The dynamics of tshuva is that we're reaching higher because we need to reach higher because we messed up in in, in a, at this at the level the playing field we're at. We messed up. We didn't listen. We did what Hashem said not to do. So we have to reach higher and go to the so to speak the originator of the instruction. When we reach him, isn't that too high to draw down to us? No. There's a correlation, says al Rebbe, that in the in the expression of Hashem within us, the Yud Kevavke, we actually have also, the first level is this high level, originator level, which is the tip of the Yud. According to this, we also understand why later in the al Rebbe, later in the al Rebbe, in, 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 the, in, the, in the continuation of this letter of Tshuva, epistle of Tshuva, al Rebbe says how the supernal will cleans off all the blemishes. And he says, there again he says, that Hashem's supernal will is hinted at in the tip of the Yud. In other words, you're drawing down from Hashem's supernal will, which is hinted in the tip of the Yud. Why is he saying that? Uh, if he's trying to bring out how, how, how high Hashem's supernal will is, right, much higher than the name of Hashem, the way it is enclosed within ourselves. So why is he also emphasizing that it is still attached to the name of Hashem by the tip of the Yud? And the answer is, we understand that there's a there, there's there's a tug of war here. On the one hand, the Alter Rebbe wants to explain how Hashem's, what we reach in Teshuvah is so high that it has the ability to, 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 to atone. On the other hand, we want to explain also that it's still connected to this whole apparatus. I, I, I'm, I have perhaps, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit at, at, uh, uneasy to give a muscle, but maybe maybe we'll try. Um, I'm not sure if it's true or not. We can try. Just to explain the tug of war. We spoke We spoke about this in Kippur. So if we want to put this into relationship with parents and children, for example, on the one hand, Father gave an instruction. The kids didn't listen. That's it. They messed up. How's the father? How's the kid going to look at the father? How's the father going to look at the kid? You met you 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 let me down. What can we do? We have to reach a deeper place where the love of the father for the child is so deep that, like, imagine that the child would be deathly ill. What would the father think? Would that whether he listened or not really make a difference? We have to reach somewhere deeper. Now the thing is, if you're reaching such a deep place. How do you bring it back down, though, to relate to the to, to the to the mess up that he did? 
In other words, I want to go back to day-to-day living. We don't want to always, we can't always live at this, we don't always live at this, you know, at this uh, intense love. We go back to a kind of a contractual, you know, I told you this, you do that. If this, if that deeper love is totally unrelated to this whole process of daily life, then when I come back to daily life, everything just messes up. Everything, I didn't fix anything. Because I say, okay, I, when I related to you with this intense love, I wasn't thinking about the day today. Now when I come back to the day today, I can't look at you anymore. So there has to be, there needs to be a connection between the two. It needs to be that even when there's the intense love, there's still, that's still connected to the day today, so that the intense love can, can now replenish the love and reset and reestablish them. When we go back to the day today, we're able to interact with each other in a new way as if that mess up never happened. I think that may give us the, the, the look at the tug of war where Teshuvah comes from such a high place. But the problem with that being, how do we then make sure that it, it's brought down to the actual low place where we messed up? Again, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm going on on my own, uh, my own understanding. If it's a, either it's correct or not, I don't know. Hey, paragraph five. According to this, though, we have to understand on the other side. The fact that sins blemish in the four letters of the name Hashem and the way we replenish them is, the way we cleanse them is from a place that's higher than the energy flow that goes into the four names of Hashem. So why is it? Because the the, the way Hashem's manifestation in, the, in His name, in His holy names, Yudke Vavke has some kind of, of a form. The fact that we can talk about the letters Yudke Vavke means Hashem energy coming in a, in, in so to speak, in a in a contained and confined way, right? And that's why there's room for the person and for his service of Hashem. It's not when there's too high an energy, there's bitter, there's total oneness, there's nothingness. So according to this, if that's the case, that we're talking about Hashem's presence within the apparatus of our, in the manifestation of the four letters of Hashem, in other words, our neshama, so we don't understand on the other side. The supernal will of Hashem is hinted at in the tip of the Yud, and it's the beginning of the energy flow into the four letters of the name of Hashem, which means that even that supernal will has a connection to some kind of a form. If that's the beginning of the name of Hashem, it's the tip of the Yud, and the Yud is a definitive thing, that means that tip is also connected to definition. So why, when a person sins, doesn't he affect that as well? In other words, we're saying that that tip is not affected, but it would seem that the... If that tip is connected, it's the beginning of the manifestation, and the person in the letters of Yud Kevavke has created a blemish through a sin, why, why is the Yud, why is the tip not affected? The same way the, the, the Yud is affected, even though its, its entity is a dot and it's bitl, it's very subservient, but nonetheless, it is some kind of an entity, and that's why there is some kind of a, of a, of a, of a, of a the letter Yud does have some kind of a, a shape, so it should be also with the tip of the yud. So indeed, it's much less. If we look at the yud as having some kind of a small shape, the tip is a very, very subtle beginning of that shape. But still, it is a beginning. It's a metzius. So, and actually, in the Sefer Torah, it takes up space on the parchment. You look next time you get an aliyah, look at the yud. You'll see on the upper left of the yud, there's a little... There's a, there's a there's a there's a crown. There's a little tip. It takes space. You can't see it's it's. So how can we say that when a person does a sin, it's absolutely doesn't touch that spot. That spot. It does have a connection to the actual yudke vavke. So really, paragraph six, the Rebbe points out the same question you can have about the the letter yud, because when we talk about we always talk about the fact that even when a person sins, there's a space within the person that didn't really sin, that was always one with Hashem. It's like saying that, um, you know, let's say let's say two family members fight. What happens is sometimes somebody else tries to mix in, and then they gang, they both group up against the interloper, against the interferer. You know, even when they're fighting, there's a part of them that still remains connected. Unless, God forbid, it really goes awry, you know. But, but with Hashem, there's a part of the neshama that remains together with Hashem even when he's sinning against Hashem. He's not fully sinful. There's a part of him that still ascertains and remembers. And that part is called the chokhmah, the yud, that little dot. Not the tip, the actual dot. 
So, but we're talking here when a person sins, he 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 blemishes all four letters of Hashem's name. How is the yud blemished? So it doesn't mean the actual yud blemish. The the hispashtus, what is derived from the yud, is blemished. Because um, chachma, by definition, the experience of chachma is what is chachma? Anybody ever? Can anybody relate to the experience of chachma? When when you're when you're when you're trying to figure out an answer to something. You had the experience where all of a sudden you got the you got the nugget. Now the thing is, if somebody disturbs you when that nugget came in, ah, I lost it. I remember I had some kind of some kind of an I had it, but you grab it. That's already bina. That's already the hay. The 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 spark. Now the thing is, when you're at that place of spark, it's usually a very short time. You don't feel yourself. The thing that consumes you totally is the idea that's coming into your head. It's that wow, like. The sheer beauty, something, some, some new idea, some. That's why chachma is called bittel. The experience of chachma, the experience of that first flash of idea, creates a situation, a scenario where the person doesn't really feel himself. All he feels is that new idea. It's a very subtle feeling, because it doesn't last long. In other words, the the, the flash is a flash. Um, but if if we were able to contain that flash, we stay in the state of the flash. That's a state where all we feel is the idea. We don't feel ourselves. So the yud is is, is bittel. And when we talk about the the neshama yud, it's that the neshama only feels Hashem, doesn't feel itself as an entity. So how could you talk about it being blemished? How could there be sin there? So really, when we talk about sin, it's a way that the um, it's a way that the chachma pushes downwards as a source to the other letters, to the hay and the vav and the hay. So we have to understand, Chochmah itself is connected with Yud. So it should be that the Chochmah itself, if it, if it has some kind of a form, why do we say it can't be blemished? So paragraph 7 says the, says the Rebbe, these questions, remember, we asked if it's a tip of the Yud, but it's still, it's the beginning of a form. How can we say that it's so high that it doesn't get blemished? Why not? If if the if if our human experience is a neshama in a body, the neshama is like the name of Hashem, Yudke Vavke, and there's a tip, and that neshama sins, so why isn't the tip affected? So paragraph seven says these these questions, the Altreba answers, but the answer comes out only through the subtle points that the Rebbe's father had made note of. He says there's a difference between the connection of the spheres to the names of Shem of the name of Hashem depends which sphere we're talking about. In the lower spheres of Bina, which is the development of the idea, Zoh, which is the six uh, emotional attributes, and Malchus, which is the um, the attribute of conveyance to others, we say about them that they are totally included and incorporated in the three letters of Hashem, Hey Vav Hey, the latter three letters of Hashem's name. And that's why in the actual, they are, they are, so to speak, contained. Those spheres are contained by the actual shape of the name of Hashem. And when there's a sin, you create real blemish in that spot. However, the higher levels, which is Chachma, the first flash of idea, and Ratzin, the supernal will, the crown, they are not really, they are not really incorporated within the Yud and the tip of the Yud. The Yud and the tip of the Yud allude to them. So when I violate when I blemish the yud and the tip of the yud, those high levels are not really grabbed in there. They're not really trapped in there, because the yud and the and 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 they're higher than to be, so to speak, contained by the yud and the the yud and the tip of the yud are only allusions to them. They themselves remain aloof. With chachma and ratzon, with the with the, the first flash of, of idea, which is chachma and will, between them themselves, they're not at the same level. With the Chachma, we say that the, the Yud, body of the Yud, hints at Hashem's Chachma. It's a, it's, it's a more definitive expression of hint. Merda Mezes, stronger language. And it shows that, um, that the Yud is connected to Chachma in a more uh, distinct and more uh, strong way than the tip of the Yud to the Ratzin. In the, when we talk about the language of the tip of the Yud, hinting at the will of Hashem, it says, Reimez, not Merameiz. Merameiz is a, a more a stronger, it hints at. Reimez means kind of like, it whisp, 
almost like a difference between, a, a, between a, a, an emphatic statement with chachma, it hints at the yud, and with um, with bina, with with keser, with rotsen, with the tip of the yud, it we would say it's like a whisper. It alludes, it alludes to the tip of the yud. Um, uh, if I remember at the end, I'll tell you later. Remind me to talk about the whisper and the roar. Um, and so that's how we see that in Rotson, we can talk about two. We can talk about two things. In other words, on the one hand, it's connected to the tip of the yud. Hashem's supernal will is alluded to in the tip of the yud, and therefore it does have a connection to the name of Hashem, and that's why we can reach it when we're trying to do Teshuvah. We do have a handle on it somehow. On the other hand, it's not it's not contained within the Yud and the tip of the Yud. And therefore, when we create the blemish, it was not included in the blemish. Um, we're going to give an example here by Tal's and Sisyphus. To go back to the, to go back to the, to the father and child, there's a place, let's try and put this in relationship, there's a place where even when I misbehaved, even when the child misbehaved, there was a place in the love of the father where he didn't really get upset. On the other hand, he wasn't totally aloof. You see, if he's totally aloof, if we're talking to a place where it doesn't matter at all, then how are we going to bring the, the forgiveness into the place where it does matter? But if he does, if, if, if the misbehaving affects even the absolute love, then how can we ever fix that misbehavior? So there needs to be, it's, it's a tug of war. If he doesn't care at all about his son's behavior, then that love is not going to fix the place where, they, where, where his misbehavior has, has created a blemish. At any rate, so this is the, the dynamic of, of Teshuvah is that we create a, a trouble, but we're able to reach Tashem, the originator of the will, and he's able to restart our connection with him. On the one hand, our violation touched even the tip, but it didn't affect the tip. And on the other hand, the tip which of the Yud, which represents Hashem's supernal will, is not totally dis distanced or in, in a state of separation from the rest of the name of Hashem. And that's why when we touch it, we can draw down, pull down a rejuvenation of our relationship with Hashem and the name of that... that, that um, that um, uh, configuration of the name of Hashem within us becomes realigned and the energy flow is good. Paragraph 8. We can explain this a little bit by the like the distinction between talus and tzitzis. You know that tzitzis has two parts. We put on a talus. Have you ever noticed the talus is actually the big garment? And when you get a cold, you put on the talus. The tzitzis are the strings. What's the difference between the two? The talus, the physical talus, doesn't have any holiness whatsoever. You could use the actual garment for anything you want. The tzitzis, the strings, that's not true. The tzitzis are the, are the mitzvah. And in, 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 in spirituality, what does that refer to? Spirituality, though, we find a difference. We find the reverse. The actual body of the talus, the piece of fabric, represents the makif, the encompassing light of Hashem that can't be defined. The tzitzis represents the definitive um, wires, so to speak, of drawing down energy, definitive energy levels that get drawn down from, from the unlimited, transcendent light of Hashem, which is represented by the talus, which is higher. Well, obviously the, the transcendent light is higher, the undefined light, the actual body of the talus is higher, but why isn't that high holiness? Because when we talk about the, the holiness, it needs to be palatable holiness, holiness that we can relate to. The holiness of the transcendent light of the Talus is such a is such a big high light it, that the Kedusha, the, the sanctity doesn't actually come down and attach itself to the Talus in a in a in a um, internalized way. The Tzitzis are lower level but they're able to contain the internalized aspect of the Talus. So according to this example, paragraph 9, We'll understand that we're talking about a transcendent light that's totally higher than to be able to be connected to kalim, to vessels that transmit that light. 
And that's why there is no kedusha, there's no holiness in that transcendent talit, that enveloping garment called the talis. In, 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 in its in the mushal, in the allegory, the way we reflected above, that would be the level that's called onoichi. You know, there's when Hashem gives the Ten Commandments, it says, I, onoichi Hashem, I am Hashem your God. You know what that means? The name Hashem, Yudke Vavke, is a name. When when Hashem says I, it's it's beyond definition. Who's the I? He didn't say who he is. I, who's I? When a person says I, who's he referring to? He's referring to the deepest level, to, to, to I at the deepest place. When Hashem says, I am Hashem your Lord, that level of I is non-defined by giving it any name or anything like that. And therefore, on the one hand, it's not the name of Hashem. You can say the word Anoichi, I can say Anoichi all the time. The name of Hashem I can't say, but Anoichi is higher. It's higher because it's undefined, but because it's undefined, it also doesn't, the word Anoichi doesn't get absorbed with the holiness it's too high to be, have a handle on and therefore the word is also not a handle for it in a way you hear what he's saying similarly when we talk about the, the energy of Hashem in uh, the way it relates to the letters of Yudke Vavke so you have A you have one kind of light that becomes enclosed and, 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 and contained in the letters of Hashem for example if you have a teacher teaching a, a, a intellectual concept so the intellectual concept is contained within the language spoken. The language is a conduit and a vehicle for that intellectual concept. The other level of that, the contrast to that, B, is the light that can't go into, into letters. It's only that letters can be an allegory, can allude in a certain way to the light contained. For example, a riddle. The words of a riddle don't give out the intellect. But the words of a riddle allude to a certain deep intellectual thought that's hidden therein. The words themselves are not words of, of intellect. You have to decipher from within the riddle that they're, 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 they're taking your mind to jump to a certain intellectual concept. That riddle is not the concept. Similarly, in Hashem, so to speak, in the flow of energy from Hashem, there's two levels. There's the Anoichi, um, which can be contained in a name. And then there's the Anoichi, which then there's the level of Hashem, which is only alluded to through a letter and through the tip of a letter. When we talk about the energy of Hashem that's contained within a name, that's energy that's constrained and contracted and, so to speak, tailor-made to be able to take on a form, a shape, to be able to be the name of Hashem with all of the connotations and intentions of that name. When we talk about being alluding to, just through a letter and through a tip of a letter, so the connection between the illusion and the letter and its tip with the actual energy contained therein, it's only allegory. It's not that those that, that letter and tip of a letter actually contain the energy that they allude to. They allude to it. For example, <clears throat> in the square bracket series, says the, the, the actual flesh of the letter Yud is an allusion to the bitl, to nullification of the sphere of Chachma. The tip of the Yud, which is not actually part of the flesh of the body of the Yud, it's only a... So that would be a remez, that would be an allegory. An allegory for Keser, be alluding to Keser which is not at all understandable and only becomes revealed in a way of illusion. However, all this energy is not really in included in the yud and in the tip. It's just that the yud and the tip allude to it. This is also, so here, um, um, basically, Basically, now the, the Rebbe is going to go and, and unpack it, some just some more of the nuances of the language. But I think pretty much still here, the, the main concept has been transmitted. That um, right, that, that that through through sin we we uh, violate and blemish the four letters of the name Hashem. Through teshuva we reach higher than the letters of Hashem. Via the tip of the yud, the tip of the yud is is a, is is a bit slippery. It's part of the process, 
connected but only alluded to. Really, in reality, it, it's it's alluding to something much higher than the four letters of the name Hashem. And that's why it can, from there, we can draw down energy to be able to replenish the energy in the name of Hashem. Um, paragraph 10. This is also the explanation in the three distinctions between uh, Keser, um, which is Ratzin, Keser is the, is the crown, and, and will, and Chachma, and Bina, Zo and Malchus. In Keser, there are no Kalim, there are no vessels. You can't talk at that level, that, that, that at Keter level, at the supernal will level, nothing can contain it. It's undefinable. Not even the tip of the Yud can contain it. The tip of the Yud can allude to it. In Chachma, though, there's already vessels of, of, of types, but the vessels themselves are still in a way of air, still like light. They're not like the substantial vessels, which have their own uh, identity. And that's why the whole Metzias of Chachma really is a reality of subservience. It's, 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 not, it's not with, with actual substance. And that's why in Chachma, we, can also, we also can't say that the energy of Chachma is included, somehow uh, contained in the letter of Yud. It's again only the fact that the Yud can allude to the Chachma. Uh, since, however, there's, Chachma does have some kind of vessel, even though they're very subtle vessels and vessels that we consider light rather than substance, that's why the Yud and the Chachma do have a, a, some kind of an association. That's why we said the Yud is Meramez, the, 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 the roar. It hints at Chachma. Bina, on the other hand, is much lower. Bina is the expression of the fleshing out of the of the intellectual concept, the six emotional attributes, the malchus, the communicative um, plane of 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 uh, where the flow is ready to be handed over, even to an ex to a, to an external person, that can be totally included and contained within the letters of the name of Hashem, and that's why about that it says that they are these these levels are in incorporated in and included in the name of Hashem, the different language that is used for Chachma and Ratzon. Very highly nuanced uh, detail. Paragraph 11, according to this, we can also explain that why by Bina and the, and the six Midas and Malchus, he says, not Nichleles, he also says the language of Remez, of illusion, but he doesn't say the same language of illusion that he says by Kesem Chachma. He says that they are alluded to in the letters. In other words, because on the one hand, while we say that the energy, the light, is included in the letters of Hashem, and they 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 are contained and they get the the tzir, they get the form based on the qualities of these particular letters of Hashem, but there's a difference still. Um, the way. The way the air, the way the light of Hashem is in the actual letters and between the actual kalim, the actual vessels of the letter. What do we mean? When we talk about Hashem's method of shining light through a vessel, and the vessel kind of creates a substance to the light that makes it more coarse and passable onwards. That vessel, what happens to the light? The marshal, the parable given is that it's like putting water into a colored vessels. When you put water into a rose-colored bowl, did the water change color? The water is the same color as water. But the, 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 the vessel, the colored vessel through which you see the water creates as if a color in the water. So the air, Hashem's energy remains unfiltered, un, un, uncolored. The keli, the letters of Hashem's name, which contain that, 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 uh, that energy... They're the ones that give it substance, that give it color, give it a particular, excuse me, a particular hue. And that's why, on the one hand, the energy of Hashem, the ten spheres, anichleles and Amez, they're included and hinted at in the vessels of the, the letters of Hashem's name. However, still there's a certain aloofness because the energy, the air, the light of Hashem's energy is still only alluded to by the letters, because there's something about the light that remains aloof. It doesn't really get changed or contained to be to be contoured like the contours of the letters of Hashem's name. And we can say that also when it comes to mitzvahs, we also have these three things. We have 
the deed of the mitzvah. The deed of the mitzvah actually gets enclosed in the physical things that you do the mitzvah with. So that is more the body of the spheres. And then we have the intentionality of the mitzvah, the kavana. That kavana is not connected so much with the physical aspect. It's connecting the person having intention to do Hashem's will. He's more connecting to the spirituality of the thing. So that's more connected to the energy, to the oiras, to the light of the spheres. Paragraph 12. Uh, paragraph 12. According to this, we'll also understand that when it comes to Chachma, we say also the language that is incorporated and hinted at. Although we wanted to say that Chachma is aloof because there's a, when we talk about Chachma, we say every Friday afternoon the passage from the Zer that says, Ant hu da pikas You are the one that gives forth the ten spheres. In other words, there's a you, Shem, that gives forth the ten spheres. So Chachma is also a redaction, so to speak, a, 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 a reducing of Hashem's light in the you. However, on the other hand, it's still not as reduced in energy as the other spheres. So that's why we say that the, 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 the flesh of the yud is only miramezes. Whisper is hints only at Hashem's Chachma. But there's two levels in Chachma. There's Chachma the way it is in and of itself, higher than revelation, like a, an intellect that's beyond explanation, which there at that level, it's higher than Islamish, is higher than being enclosed, and it's more similar to Keser. And then there's a second level, the way it is in a way of Revelation, that's more connected to the other ten spheres. So that's why when Al-Tadabah brings about the ten spheres, he's speaking about Chachma the way it is, enclosed. And that's why he says all the ten spheres, including incorporating Chachma also, are, in, are incorporated and hinted at in the name of Hashem. When he speaks, however, about Chachma, the way it relates to the tip of the Yud, then he connects it more to the, it's only Miramez, only hints at Hashem's Chachma. Okay, this is the this is the body of the sicha. Again, I think it's a very nuanced sicha, very detailed sicha. I'm uh, going to, um, you know, I'm gonna stop the recording here, and um, I did my best, and 